It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite guests over to my apartment. We watch any TV show that they choose. We watch it. We talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap. Today, my guest is former Onion writer, writer with Wild Aggressive Dog, which you'll explain, <laughs> and also um, co-head person of Sketchcram at the UCB Theater. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Uh, co- Co-director. Director, okay, yeah. yeah that's Co-producer, we write it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Matt Kleinman, welcome. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. Wild Aggressive Dog yes. is... <laughs> explain Wild Aggressive Dog. <laughs> it's like a writing collective made up of a bunch of former... Onion video staff writers, right? Uh, and we are trying to do our do strike out on our own. And you've done some stuff for Adult Swim. Yeah, we've done some stuff for Adult Swim. We did an infomercial pilot. We are working on some other stuff. Things, things of that nature. Top secret know. stuff. Secret stuff yes, that yes. you'll that these wonderful people listening will eventually watch. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, for profit online university, you can watch online. That was an infomercial we made for them. Because I can plug that. Very funny stuff. Um, so welcome. I'm excited because today, I'll let you say what we're watching, but I will say that this is the third in what I'll call a trilogy <laughs> of Aaron Sorkin uh, uh, episodes of It's That Episode. But one of the top trilogies uh, next to The Godfather and Back to the Future. Sure. Star Wars. The, the first, first. The second three. The second three. The second three. Middle three, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. The middle, the middle three. three. Soon to be middle three. And then, uh, and then this. So the first episode of Aaron Sorkin was um, Seth Reese watched Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. That was one of the first episodes ever of this podcast. Great episode. And then I watched with Michael Caine, not the British actor, um, West Wing, which I believe is Aaron Sorkin's probably most popular or successful uh, television series. His best show. His best right? show. Yeah. And then this, which is, which show? Uh, so we're going to watch The Newsroom, an episode of The Newsroom. Uh, this is his most recent show, still going right now. Currently about on. To, about to start the third and final season, I believe. And in fact, I think it's a topical show, not only because the episode that we're watching, which we'll get to in a second, but... I don't know if you saw this, but Aaron Sorkin was in the news yesterday. Yes, apologizing for this very show. <laughs> apologizing for the newsroom. So if you don't know what the newsroom is, the newsroom is uh, it's a current HBO show that follows a newsroom. And I've only seen like two or three episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, first and season or second season? First season. Okay, cool. cool and cool. how many episodes, how into this show are you? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so I was very into the first season. Right. Uh, this is the first season episode we're going to watch. I think the first season. So I, I know that I, the newsroom. I think comes with a lot of baggage, and I think that's fair. And As I, do I think every one of his shows. I think so. I think the baggage on this one is if you're tuning into the show, you either are like a comedy person who knows and watches the show like semi ironically, and I think uh-huh. that that's fair. Uh, or you genuinely like this show, which is bizarre to me, right. but, but I, 
I can sort of understand. I don't know. I've met people that genuinely like the show, right? And I want to like talk to them about it because I assume they like it the way that I like it, right? And they don't. But I feel very bad about the way that I like it because I don't normally want to be very vocal about things I like. Ironically, just because right. it's like a little bit of a smarmy thing. Yeah, to do. So, yeah, I, I understand what you're, you know what where I mean. You're coming it's from. like snarky, and I'm not better than this show. I don't want to come off that way. But yeah, this, we're a losers. We're a losers. Yeah, exactly. I'm never going to make anything nearly as nice and beautiful and uh, well shot and sometimes good as this show or the West Wing. <laughs> right. I'm sure. But like this show really goes to a completely other level because it's so it's like made by I mean, I'm sure Sorkin. I mean, he's a genius man. He's a smart man right. uh, who does a good job at what he does. But he, this show is just so over the top in so many ways that it's I I don't think that there was a show that I laughed out loud at watching more than the first season of Newsroom. Wow. When I was airing. Wow, that is a big statement. Straight up laughing uncontrollably. Well, I've seen and and then so he what he's in the news for now is basically during some interviews he apologized for Basically, everybody involved in the real news is saying, says about this show, it's like, this is you criticizing us for not being able to, for bowing to corporate whatevers and uh, and cleaning up the news and just being shills or whatever. And then Sorkin said, I'm sorry, I'm not, that's not what I want to do. I'm not as, and he, I think in part of the statement he said, he's like, I'm not as smart as these characters right. or something, which is an amazing statement <laughs> to make about something that you write. And I think that, he's made that statement before <laughs> about other shows. As I've listened to interviews right. like West Wing, like all these people are smarter than me. Like, what are you, then what happens? So you're, a, you're, you're but you're a god. Yeah. You're a god because you create entities you're a, that are an sm- idiot god that creates things much better than yourself. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, but that's the same criticism that I think. Uh, Studio 60 got I think and, yes And what, why West Wing was um, Successful was because I assume what you What's funny about this Although I've only seen a couple Episodes is that It takes everything super seriously So seriously And when That works in the White House That yeah. does not work At the backstage of The equivalent of Saturday Night Live But I feel like it could work In the newsroom, right? I guess so I mean, I think that I, well, what happened with the newsroom, I think the first season was so crazy and over the top, and folks like me just ate it up, loved it. I mean, there's a couple – this is one of them, but there's a couple episodes of this season that are just unbelievable. There's a Rudy episode, a whole episode that, like, maps the plot of Rudy onto – Rudy Rudiger? Yes, like the football Sean Astin. movie. Yes, the Rudy movie. Best part of that movie is when they're clapping – at the end, and they go, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. I think John Favreau or one of the other characters is going, Rudy, Rudy. Rudy. He's just got a little, little bit of a different, uh, and it's, it really always stood out. <laughs> he to thought me. he was harmonizing. Yeah, it was other. great. Um, uh, wait, so moment- wait, with football or with, with, with news? With, wait, what do you mean? With, have they copied Rudy in that there was a football thing? or the, that- It's like one of those Sorkin things where so are they like just keep referencing something the whole episode. Right, don't right. Really explain it till the end. Okay, and that yes. thing is Rudy, and they keep talking about Rudy the whole time, and they do this on a macro scale with Don Quixote in this whole show, Whoa. like as if they're on like a like a quixotic journey or whatever. Oh, that's Qu- Quixotic journey. I think it's quixotic. It is quixotic. It doesn't make so. any it sense. Doesn't make right? sense. It should be Quixotic. Yeah, you, listen, Merriam-Webster, whoever. <laughs> uh, but they do, so they just keep referencing Rudy, and then at the end of the episode, they have a Rudy moment where everyone like is applauding, like this, ins- and like I, we're not even going to watch that episode, but that's worth watching. The ones that I watched was the first one, which is 
I believe either is it the BP oil spill or is it? Yes, the BP oil. Spill. I was going to say the big reveal. <laughs> right, right at the end, it's the night of the BP oil spill, and then I watched one where um, Jeff Daniels, who plays what's his character say, McAvoy, yeah, McAvoy. James McAvoy. Nice. Um, I looked it up, <laughs> and uh, he eats pot cookies, and oh. that one's hilarious because it's like he's. He's just as charming and smart and funny, except for once in a while he'd be like, "I'm hungry" or yeah, something. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like he eats like like up. five pod cookies <laughs> or something, and he's just like slightly off. Yeah. Not, he's, I think that that's from that's right after the episode that we're gonna watch. So the episode we're gonna watch, uh, it shows for a couple of reasons. One, I think it is the funniest of all of them. Uh, but uh, oh, oh uh, well, I actually just to back up to give the full scope. Season two sucks. Okay, of this it just and only because they made it a little bit better. And so in making it a little bit better, it lost all of the greatness of how bad it was uh-huh. and just became boring. It just right. like – so it it, elev- it did – it was more solid of a season. They relied on less of these like things that make the first season great. But it just never reached the same heights of, of pleasure. Uh, so this episode uh, is 5-1. It's the, that's a date, 5 slash 1. Uh, I chose it for a couple of reasons. As I said, one, because I think I do think it's one of the best, if not the best. Also, it's slightly topical. It's really right. This will timely. be airing, I think, two or three days before 5-1-2014. And this takes place 5-1-2011. I guess so. Which is when... Bin Laden got shot. Yeah, Osama Bin Laden, for any of those who don't know who we're talking Osama about. Osama Bin Laden. He was the architect of the... Right. Not a, mm-hmm. Although I guess there are other Bin Ladens out there. He right. was a family, he, part of the family. So let's get so it's Osama, Osama Bin Laden, who Laden. had something to do with uh, the 9-11. So unproven connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As yet, unproven. I don't know No about concrete it. evidence has ever been shown. Wait, do you know who's a 9-11 truther? Is, um, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, but uh, Fart. What's his name? The guy who played... Now I feel stupid because I don't even remember his name, but he played the old guy in Up... And he was in. He's oh. from everything. Um, shoot, shoot. I know uh, he's like about. old school like a, uh, Hollywood looking man. Really? Yeah. He he like narrates. So, I have to look him up because people. A he narrates a truther documentary. Um, but this one takes place on five five one, where uh, Osama bin Laden is is killed. Right. Correct. Yeah. And that's like the big. I guess a lot of the episodes they like reveal it later what is happening on that date. That's like a device. So is that the, the oh Ed Asner? Ed Asner. Ed Asner, right on, right on. Ed Asner. So in this one, is it a reveal as well? That I, I actually forget, uh, but I will say I'll go on record. I actually appreciate. I actually like that device. Yeah, I think that it's actually. I mean, and he said it when he was apologizing for the newsroom this week. He did say that the reason he did it this way is because he didn't want to make up fake news, and I think that that makes sense. And I think it's it is oddly enjoyable to watch recent events and well, like remember where you were when those things happened. There's something hard. I mean, I agree. I mean, if you're writing a show like this, can you imagine how hard it would be to come up with news? I mean, and it's a whole. And you think about like, do you watch Homeland? Uh, I watched it up until the most recent season, which I I didn't watch this season either. And I think one of those things is like to continue to come up with contrived things to keep the show going, make it hard enough for me to watch it. And that are somewhat plausible, like given the ground, the level of groundedness of like Homeland of a show, especially newsroom where he doesn't want, and I understand he wouldn't want that to drive focus, like the fake news events that he right, right, exactly, easily spiral out of control. Like what happens on Homeland, I suppose. Although I don't know, Homeland, man, fuck that show got bad. Then that show was great. It was so good. I was so into it. Um, but but yeah, that. But then of course, if you're using real events, you're going to get criticized because it's like 
come on, you're this is how you're dealing with real. And I have no idea with this one. I'm totally. excited to see Dude, how I, how they do this one. This one, there's so much to this. So, oh, uh, another reason I liked it was in listening back on Seth Reese's. I wanted to catch up on the the rest of the Sorkin trilogy. So I listened to uh, the it's that episode Sorkin trilogy. I should be uh, clear. Right. Uh, I listened to the Studio 61. Yes. And you guys spent a lot of time in that episode talking about Osama bin Laden getting shot. Did because we? It was right around when Seth was doing his Twitter thing. The, oh, and so right. he was doing his Studio 60, the episode from Abadaba. <laughs> All right. So Seth Reese, um, who it was the head writer of The Onion and is now a writer for Late Night with Seth Myers, not Seth Reese. Um, <laughs> yeah, he created the uh, Twitter account Matt Alby 30, which is the head writer of... Matt Alby 60. Matt, of course. <laughs> Matt Alby 60 uh, because of uh, Studio 60. And he had created this crazy, insane, intricate sort of world on Twitter with other, with like Jake Fogelness and everything, where they they did a live tweet of a live episode of Studio Sixty live from Abadaba, which I believe ended with them blowing up the compound, <laughs> which is just un, un, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, uh, I, so all of these things kind of combined to make this episode the one that I felt was the most appropriate. To yes. Do. And um, is there anything... So we're going to check this out. It's called 5-1. It's from episode ser, uh, season one of uh, Newsroom, which is an HBO show. Is there anything I should be looking out for as a casual viewer of Newsroom? And and uh, to brace me for the amazingness. Yeah, of this I mean, episode. I think what, I, what stands out, what makes this episode so amazing to me is that it was so clearly Sorkin's desire to like distill down what news is like all news is and you see it in this episode uh all news is is one human telling another human something that's what news is right and this episode just like makes that like that's its thesis statement like that's what this episode is about is just individuals being able to tell the news of something important to just another individual and how that connection is as important, if not more important than broadcasting it from a television set. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's so simple yet. So grand. It's just like, it's a device that like you could do. And I wonder, I you watch back, like does Sorkin do an episode of the West wing where it's like all the president does <laughs> is he leads another man somewhere <laughs> which is more important than leading the country because right, it's the same thing it's, it's just distilled down it's the pure distillation i want you to lead me somewhere president <laughs> and then president bartlett's like all right come over here <laughs> right? and it's like oh it. you that, did it that's being president that's awesome uh so yeah that that's the main i one of the main things that i i mean i haven't seen this since it first aired so i'm excited to watch it again I'm not high this time, so there's a chance I won't like it as So you're just going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, this is a, gr- this is a normal yeah. show. Um, so, so you didn't eat two or three pot cookies like <laughs> James McAvoy did, did in that McAvoy one episode. Um, so let's check out 5-1, uh, and this will be airing the week of 5-1. So um, I don't know. Maybe if you're not going to watch this episode, bow your head in remembrance of... Remember us killing them on it. Wow. We That's- murdered a man as a country. We got him. That was weird. <laughs> we all did it. When then were people in the Times Square? Oh, yeah. So it was okay. like the exact opposite of like when Michael Jackson died. <laughs> or like it was actually sort of... image. It was like the other side of the coin. 
But remember that? Because people like also so met you it. You have a coin, a physical coin with Michael Jackson's head on one side and Osama bin Laden's on the other. That's the coin that that's everybody's coin. always talking about. When they say like the other side of the coin, they're talking the about American that. The American coin. That's the one coin America has. So we're going to check out the one side of the coin that involves Osama bin Laden. There hasn't been a terrorist attack. None of your friends and family are in danger. The president will be speaking in just a few minutes. No. Listen, they're just nervous. I don't because care. You do not take over control of the cabinet. They're getting emails and going online and seeing. You do not take over control of the cabin ever. Ma'am, sit down. No, and you know, I'm getting the captain. Yeah, get the captain because I'd like to have a word with him. The seatbelt while we're standing still is one thing, captain, but how paranoid do you have to be to think that I'm declaring myself in charge of the? Is there a problem, sir? Yeah, I was just asking how paranoid you have to. You have to be, sir. Sir. Captain, my name is Don Kiefer. That's Elliot Hirsch, and that's Sloane Sabbath. We work for Atlantis Cable News, and we wanted you and your first officer and flight attendant crazy lady to be the first ones on this plane to know that our armed forces killed Osama bin Laden for you tonight. You're serious? Yes, sir. All right, we just <laughs> we just watched five uh, one the episode of the newsroom, which, by the way, I didn't realize, but this was one of the episodes I had seen. I forgot that too. I thought that it was in the later arc that he. But, this uh, is the episode where uh, Will McAvoy, not James McAvoy, Will McAvoy, James he, McAvoy, actor. That's an actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we like to make mistakes here, and. Uh, this is the one where he eats the pot cookie. Right, right. It, it's because later on it becomes an issue in other episodes that they're all hiding the fact that he was high. Really? He reported it. Like, that becomes a major that becomes a f- later. Like the, I think someone, like, threatens to tell the world. Like, I think he's... I think- but wouldn't that be easily deniable? Wouldn't he just say, like, no, no that's not I true? I, I don't know why they got him in it, but there's some sort of blackmail going on where he's told, I'll tell the world that you were high. Um... So this episode had many ridiculous scenes. I mean, God, it just, it's weird to like literally how it ended was just, they just had President Obama's actual speech from the night that they killed Osama bin Laden. So it ended definitely on a very sort of this, I mean, that's the weird thing about this show is that it's like, this is actual news. Yeah, this and is, that was a powerful moment in American history. He, and like, he, Obama's speech is very good. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, wow. Just hearing him talk, I was like, oh my God, yeah. right? This and was then, such like, a. slowly faded away. But like, you can't just take something that's as like complicated and like in in the psyche of America and in the history as the shooting of bin Laden, which like there's so many complicated issues around how you can and should and do feel about that right, depending yes. on who you are. And then build upon it like this episode of fucking shit television <laughs> where most of it is like kind of boring. I kind of forgot how boring and there's a lot well is. a lot of the episode we'll we'll summarize in a minute, yeah. but a lot of the episode basically revolves around them 
not getting confirmation of the news that Osama bin Laden has died. So it's a lot of them being like, can we confirm it yet? No. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. So we can't say this online on the air. No, they need not this yet. double confirmation, which it seems like they get a bunch. It seems like everyone else is reporting it in the world. It's un- totally unclear, right? So, so let's. Are they first? Are they? Are, yeah, it doesn't. It, 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 it totally doesn't make sense because everybody is so 100 percent sure about it, and I also feel like, I mean, I don't know what. Is this supposed to be like CNN or is that I do think I think it's supposed to be if like MSNBC was a network television right because right. it's of. network so it's, it's called ACN Atlantis I guess it's Atlantis there's some, some cable news yeah oh, so maybe it is a, so it's so but, but CNN, it, but it is, yeah but it is like a nightly news it right. has that sort of uh, ABC like feel or whatever but it's also I guess a 24 hour news channel or yeah something. I guess it is but it's like as if it's it's as if it's very well respected. But it, which also doesn't make sense because the episode starts with him at a party and the entire newsroom is just at the party. So, like, theoretically, that newsroom is just empty for that amount of time. I guess so. Well, they had Washington covering everything. Right. Washington, which just gets shit on the whole. Yeah, Washington is the butt of the the ACN news team. But basically, the episode starts and it is the one year and one week anniversary of the first episode of... Nightly news or or uh, this new iteration news now yeah, whatever, with when, Will McAvoy. I guess it's if you follow it, it's when like Mac came back, the lady who runs it. When she came back and they rebranded and re-branded. right, which is the first episode of so. the show. I think so. Yeah. Um. But I what we liked about that was it was the first. Okay, so they established that it's I guess May first, uh, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, May first, May first. By they're at this party and they're celebrating and uh, and there's a there's Guitar Hero and there's a great scene where um, uh, uh, Jeff Daniels and one of the other guys Jeff Daniels who plays uh, uh, Will McAvoy is playing actual guitar with. Uh, one of the other guys from the news uh, crew. Time and, and space, by the way, don't matter at all at this party. People are in different rooms. Because, like, then they cut to Will McAvoy in another room, uh, talk as if he's been talking about weed for a long time. As if he hasn't just been playing a song and singing in front of like twelve people, <laughs> and they're singing like an acousticy like yeah, duet, uh, a duet. That, that is so clearly dubbed in. But I guess is their voices, but they like recorded it later. It was just one of those things where it's like. Why, like, why this party scene? It was just like a cliche mishmash of like the coolest parties you could be to. Like, the guy who runs, who's the head of news, is singing with one of the other guys. Yeah, he's like, just one of the other. He likes to party. He's got Guitar Hero. There's he's, drinking games going on, <laughs> and then um, oh, he's got, but he's got a made banner, a banner oh, yeah, that he made. Like, which, like, how? I mean, a banner like that has to cost like hundreds of dollars. No, no, I'd a custom say, made banner of that size with I think it looked like there were, I mean, I don't know what you call them, like the sticks that hold up. The oh, you're, banners. you think it because <laughs> I was thinking maybe it's paper, but now thinking back, it might have been think it a, was a fabric banner. A fa- uh, I think it might have been one of those banners that's sort of the waxy substance banner. Okay. I'd say my guess of how much that would cost would be seventy to three hundred dollars. Seventy to three hundred dollars. I would go. I don't think it's under a hundred, but I think three hundred could be my limit too. But right, but that was a lot of ink. <laughs> it was the background oh, was yeah. not white. Oh yeah, that's totally true. That was a very 
yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so he spent money on this. <laughs> he made a banner and then didn't decorate the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. But which I guess is a funny thing to do. Yeah, but I don't think he meant it to be funny. Ever, no, no one would ever do that. Um, but at the party, Sam Water. So, so they work for this network. Sam Waterston plays. What would his role be? The executive producer of the show? I don't know what it's called he's in like news. He's the head of news. I think he's like the Uber guy. Like, he's the head of the whole news division. He's the guy who owns Uber. Yes, he's the man that owns Uber, uh, who, who got his fortune to start Uber by running the news division of ACM. Exactly. And uh, he gets a phone call from somebody like uh, Deep Throat, uh, a. <laughs> a um, uh, just a voice on the phone saying, in an hour and a half, you're going to get news. Yeah. And that's to establish credibility for, I guess, a later plot line. I guess it's revealed at the end that that didn't even really matter. Right. This is sort of just setting something up. So then everybody in an hour and a half, they they everybody starts getting texts and stuff that news is about to happen. The president's going to be giving a speech at, at 10 o'clock and everybody has to go to work. So they all funnel out of the apartment. Oh, and we already have established that Will McAvoy, I don't even understand why he got weed for the party or something. He, no, the Indian dude who I like that guy, Neil, Neil, I, he's one of my favorite. I think he's my favorite character, I guess. Like if you can have one. Uh, on this show, but his girlfriend, his very beautiful, beautiful multi-ethnic beautiful. girlfriend, got weed from California for Will. But got it from California in New York right. as if there's no other drugs. And then it's also been cooked into weed cookies, which he is t- – they're saying you should only eat a a quarter of a cookie and he eats. So He's in order for that to happen, she would have had to have given him that bag like a few, like 30 minutes before. Then yes. he would have taken the bag. They wouldn't have said anything else about it. Yeah, they, she she hands it to him. Maybe they're like, busy at the go. party. Something happens. He plays his duet. And he eats them. He eats two of them. He eats two of them. Then they re, re- reconvene convene in the kitchen and she tells him how he got it. Right. She, she and and he explains why he's okay with smo- doing weed, right. doing weed, and that he's already eaten too. He's already eaten too. So it's very convoluted. <laughs> why didn't they have that conversation when they first met up? But here's the thing: Does somebody do news people do drugs? Do, do they you do think? Drugs? Uh, I, I don't think Anderson Cooper. I was going to say Anderson Cooper too, I but I don't think he could. <laughs> I don't think he really? could. I don't think that they're going to – I bet they do drug tests of, of their news reporting. Don't wonder. you think so? I don't know. I mean it is just like cable news. It is yeah. cable news, but it's at the same time – I mean maybe if I'm If you're wrong. under that much scrutiny, do you have to – Because if that did come out that they – I mean listen, in in Cali, it's, uh, it's almost legal in Colorado. Maybe if they move the newsroom to Colorado – There was that famous like report where Anderson – I guess it was on CNN where his field reporter was like in Colorado. Right. Right, and she and was, got high, and right. Anderson was cracking jokes and stuff. But it was legal, yeah, right? Because it, it was it in was Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, I'm just saying that I think this TV show is fake. <laughs> it's fake too. It's There's fake. no way that Will McAvoy. But uh, you know what? Will McAvoy is a renegade. <laughs> yeah. He is a renegade. Yeah, um, he's got his he's got his demons, you know. But I, the way that he plays stoned throughout the entire thing is they're they're inconsistent they're yeah they're they're way the the, they played into it one of the ways is that he says the same thing twice and that happens i think two times like early on and then later he said he also in what i think is genuinely a funny moment someone throws him a remote and he just stands there and doesn't catch it it's funny it flies off the balcony that was fun (laughs) and Uh, then someone says it's okay (laughs) 
which is kind of funny. But yeah, but then the rest of the episode, he doesn't. He repeats things twice. He th- repeats things twice, twice an episode. And then his other thing is that he's sort of spacey a little bit. Yeah, and like a little, and he gets a falafel, but he doesn't eat much of it. He clearly didn't eat much of that falafel. And then he, oh, then the big thing at the end, which is that he, um, he had. Now we're jumping to the end of the episode. Basically, the whole episode, they're like, "We need two confirmations." Um, we'll get to the airplane stuff, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. But at the end, it turns out he had gotten a direct email from. Joe, Joe Biden, Biden. <laughs> that said on it, he says, oh, knock him dead. Okay, it says, uh, uh, it's okay to report yeah, on OBL, Osama bin Laden, knock, knock them dead just like we, knock them dead just, <laughs> just like, like we, we did. did. <laughs> Saying to Will McAvoy, knock your audience dead just like we put a bullet in the brain of Osama bin Laden. And like, <laughs> we to think that Joe Biden sent that, I mean... Sent that to a head of a news ch- channel is yeah. um, unbelievable. Not even that, just a man on the a newscaster, like to a Brian newscaster. Williams. Yeah, to Brian Williams, and wouldn't he be like, "That's cr- crazy. That's weird to say that." Yeah. Um, oh, but we we didn't mention at the party that uh, the tweet that they. Oh yeah, so this is an important thing, and maybe maybe we're debunking this whole episode. Yes, the timeline. The is, timeline. So they someone is reading tweets. Like someone wants to. The girlfriend wants to catch up on her tweets while she's playing blindfolded Guitar Hero. Which, by the way, I have a friend who could do that. Really? Uh, he he could turn around and do that, but I don't think he'd be able to have a full conversation and he listen to somebody describe tweets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not but as good as this girl. This girl's so cool. She was so good. But he's reading tweets that theoretically, if you were to, if I was to say, read me tweets right now, you'd read me the newest tweet, right? Yeah, I'd read you the newest tweets on. on I guess you're from your phone. The newest tweets on your feed. So he says that Steve Martin just uh, just tweeted, "I like my antiques new." And we were like, "Oh, that's funny that he would have made a." Uh, they would have written a fake tweet, and it's then fake Steve we thought it was a fake Steve Martin tweet. And then I looked it up, and it's a real Steve Martin tweet, but from April thirtieth, right at four fifty p.m. So what runs through Sorkin's mind? Like he's like he wants to tip his hat to I assume his friend Steve Martin, or like or someone who wants to be his friend, or he just loved that joke, or he so just much. loves the joke, or he's like this is how I'm going to timestamp it. Who's big on Twitter? But why, why reference it, and then why, why would it be from the day before? I don't know. And from yeah, it's not. It's like around the same time. It like he he went through enough effort to be like, let's do it from that. The only conceivable thing is if he went through all the tweets from that day and the next day and determined this was the only good one. <laughs> this is the short. It was short. It was short. Or but what we could say is what they should have added was um, your friend. Brian say retweeted Steve Martin. Oh, and from yesterday. From yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> this great tweet. That could have been that what it was. Work. It could have been a Maybe. late retweet. Mm, you're right. You're right. Um, we'll never know. We'll never know. But uh, that is a super nitpicky yeah, thing. It that, is. But, but if you're gonna timestamp it, just time. You know, I'm sure there was a ton of tweets that day. Yeah, I guess they couldn't. I don't know who else is notable. Who I guess who else would they mention? I, I guess Steve, Steve Martin to go. Yeah, that's true. Steve Martin to go. Isn't that, Steve Martin to go. Isn't that his I thing? So. Why why didn't he just do Steve Martin? Somebody probably poached it. 
I guess, yeah. They're at, they're people yeah. that do that. And they want the money. They want money. They want that fucking money. Those are cool dudes. Yeah, they are. Um, let's talk we about all, the... We're all, settling, we're all actually jealous of those people, right? I know. Yeah, there's something <laughs> we're like... We're all mad at them because we wish we had done it. We I knew we somebody who, who um, bought his brother... This was years ago. This was like probably the year 2000. Whoa. Back the then. Year 2000. And his brother bought, I think, beerisgood.com. Still I don't. It? I don't know if he still has or not. But the whole thing was like, somebody's gonna want beer is good. <laughs> I have. I still. And I feel bad about it because I never done anything. I have forloco.tumblr.com, Ooh. which in some ways is like the most. And there was a period of time where that was like the most hipster possible domain you could have. Wow! But I yeah. got it way before as like part of a joke. Because I used to drink a lot of Four Loco and Max Vibe before everyone... Wait, what's Max Vibe? Max Vibe was what I assumed was going to be the big one. Okay. And it was like... all these. I didn't know this. All those drinks were made in San Diego, and I'm from San Diego. Oh. Uh, And I would hang out with a friend of mine, and we would get these drinks. Those in juice with like two O's. Yeah, two O's. Uh, Max Vibe, juice, and Four Loco, and we made like fake tumblers for them oh. uh, where we just posted I mean usually we just get drunk on them and post things on them and one side joke of one was forloco.tumblr.com and then when the whole forloco thing blew up I realized like oh fuck I'm sitting on like a gold holy shit here. but yeah, I never nothing happened did but, you ever have any specifically insane experience on forloco not yeah, well, I drove I drove drunk once. Oh no, that's really bad. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever done it, and I was in my own neighborhood at home. Can I get arrested for that? Is that like admitting that I, I don't think statute of limitations? This not. is parody. Yeah, don't. I'm just joking around. This is satire of a man that did this once. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I did. We, I used a friend of mine when I was home. I was home for a while, and a friend of mine was home, and we would go sit on this hill and drink a lot of Four Locos and juices and Max Vibes. And we'd play StarCraft, the original one, and then just like chill out. Wow. And then I would drive down the hill. And one time I remember being very drunk. Oh my God, and that's it's like, bad. And I've never driven that drunk again. I never would dr- drive that for drunk. Ne- well, and now you couldn't even do it on a, tr- on a real Four Loco because no. Four Locos aren't Four Locos anymore because they don't have real. the. The, they don't have the um, caffeine. Ca- it's not caffeine. It's like uh, what's it like? What's in Red Bull? Uh, taurine, taurine, and uh, all yeah, that I, stuff. Whatever all the shit they had. I, I yeah, I'd had I had uh, some. I, Sparks was before Four Loco. Sparks was Sparks. Is, had we just you know had we just stayed with Sparks, had we never pushed science further than Sparks, we would still have this thing. These things. I know. If we just we just went too far. We I remember one night we had some Sparks, and my friend. Fast forward, he had two sparks, and he was kissing a homeless woman's pit bull. I just remember that that's how the end of the night w- went. It was that him him his, uh, petting and and kissing a pit bull, and I thought that sparks. There you go. That's um, but um, <laughs> oh yeah, so Steve Martin to go. <laughs> but that is there is something that's like. If you bought Arnold Schwarzenegger, like I heard when the internet, I remember when the internet first started, like websites started being like, yes, people had websites that, I remember hearing like, Arnold Schwarzenegger ended up buying up every like misspelling of his name really? or something. I don't know if that's true. No, that's not. That I mean, good. I heard that in like 1997. So you get but, com, which I'm sure no one has ever visited. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold. It's funny that the, the misspellings are Arnold. <laughs> Schwarzenegger. He's bought up all the misspellings. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's Erlond. 
Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows how to spell his last name. But the first name people get wrong. The first name is the hardest thing. Gerald. Gerald. Schwarzenegger. Ernd. Uh, Darnell Schwarzenegger. Um, Darnell Schwarzenegger. Um, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, my favorite actor, Darnell Schwarzenegger. <laughs> God, I love Darnell Schwarzenegger. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, the Steve Martin to go. So that's how, and do they do this stuff a lot? I mean, obviously that's one of the conceits of the show must be them sort of referencing things. I mean, subtle things. Now it's like the one episode that I saw was BP oil. Then I saw this one. That's Osama bin Laden is everyone covering a major news story or is that just sort of the corner? Sometimes they're like in the, they fade to the background to other things, but, or, or it's like a quirky news story. I wish I could remember. Other ones, oh, but yeah, a lot of the time they're covering things that like should have been more big, like bigger news right. than they were. Which is like, and I guess that's part of what Sorkin was apologizing for, where he's like calling out the news media for not covering this event. And this, what this episode is calling out people for is going reporting the news before it's news, right. reporting uh, when it's not because they showed like Geraldo Rivera. Um, saying we think it's Gaddafi, which must have been real. I mean, I, I assume so, yeah. I it assume like is real. Yeah. Um, but taking them to task for uh, not letting the news actually happen. Yeah. I mean, what what what's interesting about this show to me is that it because on this show they get it right. Right. Like this is like as if like the thesis of the show a lot of the times is like what if the news media had done this issue correctly? Right. What if they'd done it right? Well, then what that means is that this. The whole show takes place in an alternate universe right. where there was a news outlet reporting everything correctly and getting to the bottom of things way before anything else, but it still didn't affect the timeline right. at all. Even if all of our news was completely correct, the timeline is still the same. It's still the same, which the means that we have no power. We have no power. The and also, no cha- doesn't change anything. That is a great pitch for a tie-in of sliders an episode of sliders where quinn and everybody come into this world and they're like oh my god it's almost the same but there's a news team that actually reports the news <laughs> it does it correctly god. but it doesn't affect anything dude oh the my guys god from sliders affect things more than- <laughs> i would love if sliders ended up on another tv show wouldn't that be they're just waiting like all of television is just waiting for this one fight like this i would love sliders reference i'm gonna make this statement right here if i ever have my own tv show that i write there's gonna be an episode a reunion of sliders, sliders. where they just show up it, apropos nothing it could, and, and it doesn't show. even necessarily have to be a plot point in the episode because they could just be at a coffee shop <laughs> talking plans <laughs> and they could just be in there the that would be amazing the reunion of sliders with like in the background of your show <laughs> q rembrandt and the rest of the gang is all there <laughs> that would be awesome that would um be like completely plausible that'd be uh, and it would just be this nice little it would be a nice little asterisk in the wikipedia page of sliders that'd sliders be, with an asterisk now yeah it's given that's what like 61 or whatever like oh uh, yeah god um but the other main so the, there are a bunch of b and c storylines in this episode um one of them, most of them so boring most of them are not even sort of worth mentioning but the the airplane one is definitely worth mentioning yeah. so that is who are the characters that are on this airplane so that's sloan sabbath who is uh, olivia munn 
Uh, right. And I got it. That is a good name. Sloan Sabbath is like a pretty Sammoth? Sloan Sabbath? Like Sabbath. Sabbath. Okay. Sloan Sloan Sabbath. Sloan Sabbath. So but we could buy like Sloan Sabbath dot com. Sloan Sabbath. The Sabbath no one ever spells right. Sloan Sloan to get right. Sloan Sabbath. Right. Nobody's ever Sab- Sloan Subath. Yep. Sloan Sabbath. Uh so her and then she's separated by seats from with uh with regular people in them from I guess her producer, I forget their names. Uh so she's a reporter? She's like their uh new they're like she's like their finance desk okay. person. Oh right, 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 right. So I guess she's a reporter. So this new this ACN who has infinite funds, they couldn't get them all three seats next to each other. Yeah. They got them two the two guys who are producer news producers. There's a guy named Lester sitting next to them. Hilarious guy named Lester who he's so horny for Sloan Sabbath. He's and horny. Oh boy. oh boy, is it so funny. Then there's the aisle. There's another guy and then Sloan Sandwich. Right. And <laughs> and then a woman and then a woman. Who we and then a woman. <laughs> and um, and they're having these loud conversations in between them and they're so landing. Loud. And when they land, they get the same news that uh, everybody at ACN gets that something is happening. The president's going to be announcing something at 10 p.m. Um, and they, everybody's sort of assuming it's been Laden. They're, they, they're trying to get confirmation too. And, uh, and, uh, and they're like, can we switch seats but with they're, you? Because yeah, they're, they're all like so frustrated that they're on this plane and they can't get off the plane and do their jobs, I guess. They're like so badly want to be doing their jobs that everything about being on the plane, they get very rude to a flight attendant. Uh, they're very mean to her. I guess Which she- I have to say for on defending the uh, first of all, I don't like that they got rude. You shouldn't be rude on airplanes. Never. But secondly, that flight attendant from the beginning was a little bit nasty. She I'll just say this. Pill. She was a bit of a pill. She was sitting. She made the announcement. She was like, we'll be landing in five. Like. Listen, I know your job's hard, but you can be seen by other people. You can just put a face on that airline that just says, we care about flying you home. We're cool. We're all right. (sighs) You know, you you can't help but think that that's like Sorkin playing like a time that he was uh yeah that, some flight attendant was a but he learned his lesson by the end i guess so yeah so yeah so they're like he fell down at the end. oh my god so she's like you can't stand up he's like i could stand up i you know blah 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 i'm i'm the news or whatever and then i can stand up i'm the news and then they keep on delaying it but the, all the delays are only like 10 minutes yeah um they, they're on there for so long uh that eventually they do get the confirmation. They get the confirmation and they're like, we need to get off. We need to get off. I'm standing up. And she's like, I'm going to have to get the pilot involved. The pilot comes out. Boy. And I forget the character's name. I don't remember it either. I'm just going to call him Jareth. Jareth. And Jareth's tone, boy, does it change right away. Well, he's like, you know what? Yeah, I've got a thing or two to tell you. Blah, 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 blah. And, and then, then zoom in to... Uh, his the 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 epaulets. the epaulets on the airplane pilot. His name Louis uh, on, on his nameplate and like his hat that has and the, like the airplane logo, which is like a generic like would be an airplane logo right. logo that's like not quite United and not quite like something else. Uh, yeah. yeah, just this the Acme airline, and then he. I feel like the music starts sort of swelling oh, or whatever, and then he says. Um, I have some news to tell you. And this is where it is. And he says, the actual line he says is, um, 
our armed forces killed Osama bin Laden for you. For you. For you, the pilot. For you. They did it for you. And it was super duper heavy-handed. It's just so over the top. And this is that moment I was talking about where it's like this is where in that moment he realizes that all this arguing is bullshit. All that really matters is that he's a newsman and he can tell the news. He can tell the news. To somebody. To somebody who, who would appreciate it. And it's not to say that, listen, pilots died on that in nine. It's not. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. It's just the way that it was choreographed is just so saccharine or just like yeah, so it's just, it's just like justify doing that to yeah me. It, and it's just it's also like taking advantage of that you know what i mean like I our so. connection to something like that it just feels so um i don't know there's just something gross about it, it yeah it, it's just over the top i mean i can't it's like you either like i either it affects you and you cry or you like laugh very loud like those yeah. are the only like, because you've got to have a large emotion to a moment like that. It's just <laughs> so heavy. And then the pilots, they shake each other's hand. <laughs> like, that's like, like if somebody is like, someone died. And then even if you're like happy and then you just turn to the next person and you know and you shake their hand. Like, like, uh, like, yeah. So bizarre. It is. And so, yeah, so that, I guess I misremembered. I thought there was also a time when they told someone from the fire department, but it's not. It's just some guy puts on a fire department hat. Oh, yeah. But they do tell they have, uh, uh, what is it, Terry Crews? Terry Crews. Terry Crews tells a couple police officers. He's allowed to tell a couple of police officers. And he goes, I've got news for you. I've got news for you. <laughs> Which I will say, actually, I, I didn't remember it like this. In the show, the episode's defense, they don't show that moment also. They don't show him telling, yes, the cops. And the two cops yes. like, shaking each other. But also the reason that the cops were there is so convoluted. Oh, oh, wow. That's this other storyline where it's like they all, everybody had to rush to the newsroom. Terry Crews is Will McAvoy's security guy? Yeah, security guy. Will McAvoy had, uh, was getting death threats in previous episodes, right. if I remember cl- correctly. So he now has a bodyguard, Terry Crews. And Will McAvoy sort of ran away because uh, there was a roadblock and uh, there was Which construction. Somehow, I guess nobody else's, nobody's cabs got into that roadblock in any way. Or also, Will McAvoy couldn't have gotten out, gotten a cab, and gone up. He ran he the run. entire he way because he was way. stoned. He was so high, too high to get a cab. But um, Terry Crews jumps out of the car to, to like, Will, come back, come back. And then these two cops like basically racially profile him and then like he's like I've got a gun and they're like you have a gun he's like yep I've got the you know permit and everything in my back I'm a security guy but then later in the episode that's like one scene and wait can we just go real quick just mention the I'm sorry I'm a big black man yes yes one of the one of the white police officers is like you're a big man Uh, please don't make us nervous yeah says it's not my fault that I'm a big black man yep and uh, and then like these two racist police officers who later we like because they're told the news and then yeah and then in the end of the episode they've come up to the newsroom with him and and they're like are you will mcavoy does this man work for you which means that why would they need to confirm that either no matter what he had the permit he had a gun he probably has a card that says where he works. Well, he got into the building. He got in the building. He swiped his way but in. Even if he said, look, he must have signed in his two guests. He signed in the two guests or they were like, oh, you're police officers. But police officers still, sign in. what would have happened if they had gone up with Terry Crews, 
uh, and said, Will McAvoy, does this man work for you? What if he said no? I guess what would happen? They'd arrest, they him arrest him for, for what? I wonder, for lying you know what? that I work for what this do we guy. Know? This might happen like every thirty minutes at CNN, where some big black man comes in with two police officers, and the police officers ask Anderson Cooper. But or- here, but. If they, if they're arresting him, they're arresting him for having a gun on the streets of New York City, not right. not for either Claiming working for, works yeah. for Will. You're under arrest for lying that you work for Will McAvoy. Yeah, that has it's, nothing not to do with. Anyway, that's me. People to claim that you work for a newsman when you don't. That's me being an asshole, I guess. But it just to me, to me, that's what's happening, guys. It's crazy, but it was orchestrated so that we could get those two police officers up there, so that Terry Crews could then. Make friends with them by telling them the news, and also the way that uh, that uh, he was Terry Crews was told was Will was like, "Come over here, come over here," and he whispers, and then Terry Crews just sort of smiles, yeah, subtly smiles. It was just really weird. Oh man! And then and Will's face after he tells him, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he has a smug like, smug yep, shit no, it was like this, like we did it, you yeah. know, like. Um, do you remember where you were when Osama bin Laden was killed? Uh, I think I, I seem to remember. Uh, God, uh, I remember watching the news. It was 2011. Yeah, we said. Gosh, for some reason, my memory of it is in a different apartment than I must have been in at that time. So maybe I don't quite remember it. I don't remember the night of. I remember the next day because I was working in an office and it was all on. Everybody was watching and talking about it. But I don't remember the night of. Yeah, I don't quite remember. You know, I have uh, this is I have a friend who uh, she was in the she was in the Navy at the time. Mm -hmm. She was a nuclear engineer. Okay. On the aircraft carrier that they threw Bin Laden's body on. Wow. I believe it was the Stennis. They threw it. She was on the ship. When Did she know that that was happening? I'm, I'm not sure if she knew at the time. I guess she must have known at the time. I mean, I think so. I guess they tell them all what's going on. Wow. Yeah, she was on the boat when they threw him in the ocean. She got Wasn't a- there some guy that was like, I'm going to find that body? Like that guy that finds treasure in the ocean? What? I remember like, re- like soon afterwards, the man who was trying to make a business out of finding sunken treasure which is so i guess like some guy he goes around looking for sunken treasure in the ocean and he did it twice which is like unheard of like usually people just get lucky and he they find found the treasure. two treasures so he started a business that was based on finding treasure and getting like investors to go in on finding the treasure with him and he was like I, you can do this reliably with my techniques you can reliably find sunken treasure and he did it twice. I think he got a second one, and that like proved his business model. That like, look, you can invest with me, and I will definitely find sunken treasure. And then he made this big like brag that he was going to find Bin Laden's body. Why would he need the if bottom he of has the ocean. treasure? Why would he need investors? <laughs> I guess it's still a very like costly endeavor. It's to go so out. costly that the treasures don't cover it's the trips. Not enough. It's the not. treasure. Eventually, they will. Like ten, our ten-year business plan. Once is, you have ten treasures, ten treasures, that covers the other nine treasures. Ten treasures and a bin laden body yeah then you can start. but it wasn't in the middle of the ocean yeah, like that'd yeah, be impossible like in the middle of the gulf he's kidding i was kind of waiting for him to poke his head around during this whole malaysia thing but i don't know i know when you were wrong. saying that that's all i was thinking yeah, and i was, was like, thinking if newsroom covered the malaysian had they ever covered anything i would love them to cover the balloon boy thing remember that do you remember balloon boy 
Was that the kid that cl- but he was hiding in a shed? Yeah, I think that is in an episode. Oh, I, I need to watch so. that one. That's I one of my favorite sort of like news things. Yeah, just like why news is terrible. God, I you somewhat know? I feel like I remember, but as I said, I watch most of these pretty high, so like I can't quite remember. It's the only way you can consume them, and that's why you forgot that he was high in this episode did, was because it counteracted yeah, like the two highs. The two highs. He didn't remember that I was high either. Right. When I watched it. <laughs> But he, he, if he was sober, he, in the sober episodes, he knows you're high. He knows I'm high. Um, Will McAvoy always knows when you're high. I'm trying to, I'm going to look up just my, I've got some notes. I want to see yeah, uh, yeah. if there are any other. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Not only did he have weed, he had Vicodin as well. Oh, yeah. He had taken Vicodin. Oh, you know, I hear, I wanted to give credit to what I thought was a, a, a decent joke. Mm-hmm. Which was Will McAvoy at the end of his speech at the beginning saying, okay, everyone, resume being here. Right. I thought that was a cute Yeah. The, I, I mean, cute. here's the thing is, listen, Aaron Sorkin is a good writer. Like, yeah. some of the dialogues, super snappy. Like, totally. He, he's, they're re- and here's what I was th- thinking is, the other thing is, like, you're obsessed with this. You're, I mean, yeah. I don't know if obsessed is the word. Seth loves Studio 60. I feel like there's something about writers really enjoying Aaron Sorkin on this weird level. I think there's something level. so special about Sorkin because he's just so brazen about what he's writing and indulging in like writer's delights. Yes. Uh, and like, for example, even like in the, in his uh, confession when he was apologizing for the newsroom, another thing that he said was like, yeah, it's so fat. Like the thing about television is that it's so fast. A lot of the times you, you can only get in your first draft. Like he was admitting that many episodes of the newsroom are first drafts, which is crazy. And then he says he goes on to say in that he's like because he's saying I'm getting better. I'm only now learning how to write oh, yes. the newsroom. That's what he said. And he was like, and and we were like, how? And he's like, well, now I know how to stop bad writing before it gets on the page. And like I know that trap. That's like what a a lazy writer says when he doesn't do enough drafts. Is he says I, I don't need to do a lot of drafts. I'm, I'm such a good writer that I don't I can kind of get like, rid of the bad stuff before I put it down. He's written. So- so many TV shows. You should, I mean, that's a weird thing to say and, now. Yeah. I mean, I guess good for him for saying that in some way. I don't know. I mean, he's got to be on drugs most of the time. Uh, yeah. Well, there we were saying, I think I mentioned this with yeah. uh, Michael Caine, but I think he was, uh, there's some cocaine. He was caught with cocaine at an airport or something like that. Good for I him. Guess, yeah. Yeah. I Have mean, fun. Thinking that he can get away with that. Just don't drive. Please you don't know? drive. I, I, yeah, definitely. And I, this is me saying this, a man that had drove drunk once. You four locoed it. I four locoed I'm so sorry about that, everybody. There was nobody else on the road. It was very late. It was just the hill. It was near my home where most accidents happen. It was right. within, the, it was within the, the range that most accidents It was on dead man's curve. <laughs> but, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, I guess there was the moment when they cut the feed from Washington. Oh, yeah. There was that whole to thing. punish Washington. <laughs> So the whole thing was that everybody's rushing to uh, – everybody wants to put the news on even though it hasn't gotten these and two this, confirmations, which is – I assume that must be a real news thing is we need – or, or something. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you can't just be credible. Yeah. You can't just say the news even though nowadays, right, guys? Yeah. But like you need two credible sources and they didn't have them yet. But- and from Washington, she wanted to report on a tweet. That was the first beat of the Washington. A tweet from somebody who's the chief of staff of Bush or something. Something like that. Yeah, a credible tweet. They wanted to report on the tweet, and Max said no. You can't report on that. And, and she and and the woman in Washington was like, "Well, I'm going to see about that." And she she's she threatens to to tell to say that to say that she's going to to say, say the, news. the news. And then, in fact, they start saying the news, and and the way that. 
Mac, who is uh, the producer, stops it is by fully cutting the feed to bars, to like the, the, the color bars, bars. Yeah, the color bars on the TV for ten to fifteen seconds. Yeah, and where she's like, like, t- like a like a person torturing someone else. She's like, "Do you think that's long enough? Like a few more seconds?" Which would obviously basically lose ninety percent of the viewers, viewers immediately. Like, immediately. I mean, if I was watching news and there was like. Oh, news is coming up. News is coming up, and it cut out. I just oh, I'm done with this yeah. channel for the night. Uh, yeah, why? Why everything else is covering the same? At thing. very least, cut away from that feed and go to a different feed. Or go to commercial. Just go to commercial. Go to commercial. Just guys. suddenly go abruptly go to commercial. But then, even after they get back from the bars, they bring them back. It seems this is again what it appears to us. Then, then she continues to chastise them after they've come back, which on your television screen at home just must look like the woman at the Washington desk or the man at that other Washington mm-hmm. desk just standing there listening. Getting, listening and being told that they're doing that they being threatened to never do that again. Which is that's news. That's news. That's how I to mean, do you news, newsroom. That's how to do news right. Yeah. If you want to um, punish them. I also like the I love you thing, which was that uh, one of the characters, this is one of the millions of B storylines was that one of the characters has a girlfriend who said she loves him. They had met, I guess, were they were. Uh, Allison Pill had set them up. It was Allison Pill's roommate, but Allison Pill and that dude have been in love the whole time. And God, it, that storyline goes on for so there's so many will they won't they's like, right. there's two parallel will they won't these in this show which is them two and then sam and Mac diane and uh yeah sam and diane <laughs> sam and diane those guys and uh and mac and jeff daniels there's right. a in the background of every shot there's a there's sam and diane right at cheers reunion going on, cheers yeah. reunion going on sliders, in the, the sliders, sliders crew brought sam and diane. diane uh but they keep they milk it for the whole two seasons and i've never cared no nope, yeah who nobody cares has ever cared who, not, well that's all the thing is like None of these characters are human beings. No. Like no, they're just they're just good writing. Like they're that's what they are. And in fact, so she says, "I love you." He says it back, even though he doesn't want to. He's complaining to Allison Pill, I, "What should I do? I don't really love her." Blah blah blah. And then later on, the girl who says she's she loves him goes up to him and says. I know last night I said I love you and you were forced to say I love you back and that was unfair of me to say I love you. So she's apologizing for saying I love you, which is the weirdest. And like with barely any emotion. Yeah, like like I'm a logic machine. I don't – love is an equation that I understand and I love you, but now I understand that my love is unfair because you do not love me. It's like this weird inhuman like – and oh God, and then so she breaks up with him, but then he convinces her to get back together with her. Then here's one, and if I might be a little bit crass in this in this line of say any word you want, say a dirty word, well, please. It's not that; it's more. But she, say a dirty well, word while you're saying right, it. So that cunt, Allison Pill, <laughs> <laughs> the the cunt one. She well, she's talking to him about like what he liked. Do you love her? And he's like, no, but she's sexy. She's sexy, right, right. sexy. There's some whole like sexy thing. But they're saying that like her face is sexy. But like, if you look at that actress, the sexy thing about her is her her tits. She has like <laughs> that big is tits. Very crass. That's, That's very the crass. sexy thing about her, <laughs> right? Is, I mean, like she's got a very pretty face, a pretty. But like, if you were to talk about her being sexy, the elephant in the room there is her two elephant-sized tits. <laughs> And the fact that you're going to talk about how sexy she is, but not say that the real, not say that reason, which is the true, honest reason that everyone can see, and that you TV show know because you're giving her big cleavage. They're showing her big cleavage. She's constantly bending over with her big elephant-sized cleavage. 
but they don't but that's not what they're saying is sexy i just found that weird first draft first draft it was a first draft well the other the <laughs> other went back and looked at the actress the other changed. line that we pointed out that i was confused by was when they're on the airplane they're like when they're still trying to get off the airplane they're like how can we get off the airplane what are ways and one of the things was saying a pol- like yelling a political view yeah or one was like political uh, view. yelling an unpopular political view or something she reads a list online and after and whatever cut to a joke where the guy goes i think genghis khan was right in what in some of his thinking yeah and I had to turn to you and say, "Wait, what was that?" Yeah, because it what, it didn't quite track off of the earlier joke. It wasn't right in afterwards a way that like anyone, even like experienced comedy writers, couldn't pick up what that was. That joke was a reference to. <laughs> but then you pointed out that it must have been the first draft. Must have been. I believe. I I I agree with some of Hitler's. It had to be. things because that's like that's a go to joke that people totally. say. That yeah. sort of makes sense. Hitler is slightly more topical than Genghis Khan, Genghis who's Khan? like. I think yeah, like he raped and pillaged, but I don't th- like wh- what I yeah, agree. No, it's not a political. That's not view. an unpopular. No one espouses that, the political views of Genghis Khan. Yeah, it's not unpopular because there's no popular there's view no, of Genghis Khan. No, like no. nobody's like talking about no whatever. The man just yelled gibberish out on an airplane. I guess that would get you kicked off if you yelled anything about Genghis Khan on an airplane. I guess it's so. I don't know. Gibberish. Unless you're like, I like the scene from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure with Genghis Khan breaking into the sports. Sporting goods store, and that would be. I think people would fine. appreciate. that Everyone would applaud on the air. That is a great scene. Genghis Khan, I believe it's Jeng. I don't know. Oh, that's JenghisKhan.com. JenghisKhan. We have both. JenghisKhan.com. <laughs> um, if you had to come up with a drinking game for this television show, um, what would moments? And I feel like this is a good TV show for that because there are sort of tropes. There's news every episode, so that might play into it. Are there specific things that uh, you would have a viewer drink to? Drink to. Um, I guess, well, it's a shame that it wasn't in this episode, but whenever they reference Don Quixote, Mm -hmm. you normally do that more. Uh, but I guess maybe that's even like only once or twice an episode. But that's I, the bigger that's the bigger, the bigger one. That you're always, that's a windmill that you're really chasing after right, the entire time guys, you're playing. That the, their mission to deliver good news to people is uh, quixotic. And your and your hope to hear the word quixotic on the show is quixotic. Right, it is it, in this episode. drinking game. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I guess that'd be apropos. Uh, but I guess I guess it would be more when they just rapidly switch to one of the personal storylines mm-hmm. that you're not interested in at right. all. Like that I feel like is a repeated pattern where you actually get or I get into I'm like the news aspect of it. I kind of like seeing that stuff and then with then they cut away to the will they won't they crap for some reason. Well I think that's like the same thing with sort of uh West I mean for, first of all I think that maybe I'm wrong because I've only seen two episodes, but maybe this show could be a little shorter. This was like, you know, in terms of like a network show is 44 minutes or something. This was like 10 minutes more. Yeah. That did make a little bit of a difference. And yeah, it's like with West Wing. I mean, the things that are interesting is there's some personal stuff, but it's the machine of the white house. The machine of news is super interesting. Like I, I, I like the idea of the show. It's great, but so every time you're like, yeah, or, or you could also do any time they 
throw to a secondary character and dismiss them rapidly. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of secondary characters that float around only to be dismissed suddenly for no reason after saying something. I'd say for this episode, maybe every time they say credible source, credible source. Yeah, definitely. Uh, or I guess just check in their blackberries. Would check probably the, be, that would be a really good one. Yeah. And what would they, I think they'd, Probably have to drink four locos. Yeah, drink a four loco every time they check their BlackBerry in this show in the newsroom. God, if one person out there does that, I would be so happy. That'd be great. Hey, tweet at us, guys. If you're tweet drinking. at us if you drink four loco whenever they check their blackberries in the newsroom. And of course, reference Arnold Schwarzenegger Arnold while you're Schwarzenegger. while you're doing at, er, at Schwarzenegger. Ner- Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to see if there's anything else that we that I love that we. Um, well, there was the Sam Worthington negating the entire premise of the episode moment. Oh, yeah, that's he, true. Sam Worthington is just chilling in a conference room. They come in, and the whole time they've been searching for two credible sources. They come in, and they say, we've got two credible sources. And then Sam Worthington says, it doesn't matter. Wait, we Sam want- Worthington is uh, is the uh, from Terminator, uh, <laughs> Terminator <laughs> Salvation. Sam Waterston. Sam Waterston. <laughs> Sam Worthington. Yeah, yeah, there's an action star just sitting in the middle of a conference room and <laughs> to negate the premise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, uh, Sam Watterson, he is sitting in a conference room alone, just pondering himself. They come in and he says, no, no, two, tr- two credible sources doesn't matter. We need the White House to tell us it's reportable. And the reason is because during the Gulf War, oh, he yeah. caused the death of three people by reporting on where the U.S. missile strike, where, where uh, I guess, Saddam Hussein's missile strikes were hitting. And that was telling Saddam Hussein's troops that was letting them triangulate their missiles better. And so Sam believes that Sam believes that he caused the death of people because he was doing so for that reason. Man, we, we can't report until we get not credible sources until we get someone the White House telling them it's reportable, which is what Joe Biden ultimately did. Was he right? I guess, I guess it's sort of weird because I guess that makes sense. Is that good news? Because now I'm thinking like this is the way that news should be. Should you have to wait until the White House says it's it's reportable? I guess for I guess for, for issues I've, of national security, for national security, you have to. Yeah, yeah I suppose you, so. But I don't think they probably do even do I that doubt anymore. It. And I mean, then also for the and but I mean just the fact that they were and including him were making everyone do all this work to get yes, two credible to do, sources where they're for like, that not to matter at all. Yeah, he could have just he could have just said at the party at the beginning, listen, we're going to wait till we hear it's reportable. So go yeah. there, but just relax, like yeah, don't. until we get it's told that it's reportable. My other favorite part. That I forgot was um, on the airplane when uh, everybody is saying, "I just, I just got a text. I just got a text that the president's going to be reporting something. Is something it. happening?" And then he goes, "I just got an email. We're going to war with Afghanistan." Or like everybody's email that something happened to Gaddafi. <laughs> oh yeah, I got an email that something happened to Gaddafi. Like it's people. It's basically the idea that everybody on on the plane is sort of hearing stuff, rumors. But it's like everybody. This is from two, this is supposed to be 2011. Everybody has smartphones. People aren't getting email. Like when, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be emails. people seeing on Twitter or like on NewYorkTimes.com yeah, right. or like Go to your a, news sites. a news source? Not like I got a text from my mother that Gaddafi's dead. It's, it's a weird acknowledgement of the ubiquitousness of technology and also like not giving the full truth. Like only giving you the aspects of it that are convenient to the plot. Yes. Like you can't have you can't it's have a cake and eat yes. it too, Sorkin. Yeah, you can't do that. But, but if you're going to have cake, make sure it's 
Quixotic? No, I don't know. I couldn't think of anything funny. I I have to. I have to apologize. You were hoping that a very funny cake specific would pop into your head. (laughs) Yeah. In the time that it took. Let me think of a better. Um, uh, It's hard. A Baskin Robbins ice cream cake or uh, uh, Fudgy the Whale. Fudgy the Whale. Yeah. Make it a Fudgy the Whale. Yeah. Make it a Fudgy the Whale. Fuck. All right. We'll we'll go back and delete that. The failed. Segment. You know, we should start over to so I can Yeah, that's get fine. That. We can watch it again. It was kind of a. I don't even know if I. For some reason, I, I remembered the episode being more exciting than this. Well, you were super stoned, as I you guess said. so. But like, it kind of was boring. And I was kind of like, oh Jesus, this is kind of a boring episode. I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed you watching. It? Yeah. I mean, I you know, I mean, I I think I saw this in a hotel room, and this mm. is about the same feeling I had afterwards. It was like, mm. yeah, yeah, I'm not going to watch this again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, the Rudy episode's pretty good, too. I'll check it out. I mean, I now have HBO Go, as I was saying to you before. I'm now legal. paying a legal customer of HBO legal Go. H- I don't think I know anyone like you, other than my mom, who I steal it from. Okay, can I get her password so I can cancel my thing? Yeah, sure. All right, cool. <laughs> and uh, Fleistrobe? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh I thank you so much for coming. Is there anything hey. that you want to plug or pe- where people can find your stuff? Or uh, you know, hey, no, I mean, you know, I do stuff at UCB. I do stuff with these wild aggressive dog guys. Check check that out. And Sketchcram, come to Sketchcram. Harold Knight. I, you know, I don't know. I'm around. And then, is there any um, TV show, book, movie that you've seen recently that you want to recommend to uh, the audience? I've been asking some people that sometimes. Hmm. Uh, well, I guess, you know, the show that I, the, 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 to do this for this podcast, the other show that I was considering doing was, uh, an adult swim show that I love very much called Xavier Renegade Angel. Oh yeah, sure. Love that show. They just put the whole thing up on adultswim.com. Uh, and I almost, I was just like, eh, I don't want to be comedians talking about a comedy show. It didn't yeah. seem as interesting to me, but, uh, and it's only a 15 minute episode or I guess 11 minutes, but that show is incredible. Yeah. I haven't watched it in forever, but I remember being blown away by how insane yeah, it was. so good. Um, what there? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've seen any. I'm going to try to think of something that I haven't recommended. Um, I rewatched Fight Club the other night. Whoa, how was it on the rewatch? <laughs> I was like shocked. At David it. Fincher. I loved it, yeah. Yeah. Um, somebody, I lent that. To, I had that on DVD freshman year of college. I lent it to someone, and I don't have it back. So if you're listening and you stole it, give it back. Please give that back. I'll watch that one more time before yeah. I die. Um, and I'm, Only one. I'm, I mean, I'm reading a book called present shock i'll mention that i don't know it's interesting it's about media how everything is now you know it sort of relates to it's non-fiction non-fiction just about media well no it's about how sort of uh technology how it affects our idea of time and and everything that sounds pretty yeah it's really interesting similar to this it is sort of i was thinking about it uh but it's sort of also about how 24-hour news channels work and sort of how it creates this like uh, circle of feedback because uh, we're re- like the way that we report on news now is sort of reporting on reporting on news. Mm-hmm. Like we, everything is most reporters like online reporters are just reporting off of other stuff. And it's sort of, uh, I don't know. I'm not giving a good, uh, but it affects how we like perceive things. Yeah. Ex- and, and, and how we read things too, because now we're used to, um, like you'll react to the same, how you read a 140 character Twitter, uh, tweet is now how you also sort of read articles. So you'll think that you, Oh, I get it. I, 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 now I've seen the headline and I've done this in my own. Oh, totally. I see the headline or read the first paragraph. I'm like, got it. Well, but you don't have, you don't get it. It's yeah, a surface and there's a level dumb instinct that we all have where it's like, 
uh, where someone's telling you about this thing like on the news. You're like, oh yeah, I, I heard about that, but really but you, you didn't just hear saw about the you headline. S- you saw a headline, but for some reason, also you have to declare that you saw that. Yeah, you know that feel like that. Yeah, it's such an awful instinct we have to declare. Oh yeah, I know that. I heard about that. But keep talking. Keep saying like I just yeah, and I do it. We all do it. Yeah, I don't know why. It's I. It's feeling. Like it's also somewhat akin to and comedians do this a lot, citing the source of a joke or of an idea mm-hmm. that you do, even if it's not like or or, or, or a recommendation. Like uh, citing the source of a recommendation. Like for example, if someone were to take like were to watch Xavier after mm-hmm. after me saying uh, check out Xavier Renegade Angel, they then having the feeling when that person does watch it, likes it, and wants to recommend it, they would be like, oh yeah, you know Matt Kleinman on this podcast recommended Xavier, and I liked it. Now I'm telling you about it. Right. Like, you need to like cite who recommended something to you. I don't know why. But maybe it's to give polite. it a little. It's it, impolite not to. Maybe I don't it's know. polite. Maybe it's saying, listen, this guy liked it. I liked it. That's two credible sources. <laughs> it's two credible sources. That's what it is. That's, that's what, what it is. And that's what news really is when it comes down to it. It's just one person telling you about two credible sources who told you about something that happened. So what we're saying is two credible sources told you to watch Xavier. Xavier Renegade. Zero told you to watch uh, Newsroom. Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. And one is telling you you might be interested in Present Shock. Present Shock. In bookstores now. In bookstores now and probably two years ago. Okay. Thank you so much, Matt, for stopping by. Hey, thank you, Greg. And um, and uh, they killed him for you. They killed him for you. And we're shaking hands now. <laughs> like you do when you hear someone dies. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to thank my guest, Matt Kleinman, for dropping by and doing episode three in the trilogy, the Aaron Sorkin trilogy. If you want to go back in time and listen to some old episodes, uh, the one and two of the Aaron Sorkin trilogy, uh, it's that episode, episode three with Seth Reese. We watched Studio 60, and the episode that we watched was called The Friday Night Slaughter. And then with Michael Caine, that's episode 95 of It's That Episode, we watched the Shibboleth episode of The West Wing, uh, which is Aaron Sorkin. And, and uh, I don't know if it'll happen, but I did run into Seth Reese recently, and he said he'd want to watch another episode of uh, Studio 60. So we'll see. Don't hold me to it. Um, but, you know, if you, if you want to get him on board, you know, tweet at MattLB60 and say, and just scream for it. Just scream for it. Thanks so much for listening. If you're a fan, Leave a review on iTunes. I'd very much appreciate it. It's good to get the feedback, and it's good to stroke that ego. Thanks, guys. Have a great night, and an early mañana. Adios, amigos. <laughs>